Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to Two Black Guys with Good Credit, the show for the financially curious and the financially knowledgeable. And today we have an unusual topic, a special topic. We're talking NFL, football, and money. Sean, why don't you give the people a better understanding of what today's show is about? I don't even know what's unusual, Matt. You know, we've been talking sports together back and forth for the 20 plus years that we've known each other. And, we, you know, some of the disappointing things that we see with some professional athletes is how they, they're broke after their careers are over. And, you know, something that we've always had our, our conversations about. And we decided, like, let's do something about it. You know, and fortunate enough, we had a listener on our show by the name of C.J. Smith, who was an ex-NFL player that, you know, we inspired him, Matt. Believe it, you and I inspired somebody to, like, from he transitioned from playing football to buying real estate. And then, you know, we went deeper with our conversation. Awesome. And we were like, let's let's do a seminar. And then we realized that we couldn't knock it out in one. We decided it'd be a multiple seminars and and bring together some NFL players to kind of work them through, you know, what we think could be some of their challenges. Well, I would add this. First off, I totally agree with you, CJ Smith and him listening to our show and getting inspired and then turning his financial life around. It's a really awesome uh it was an awesome example of how when we all discuss financial principles with each other from our show or just in our own lives, sharing knowledge with people, that's important. I, I would uh, kind of correct one thing or not correct, but maybe reframe one thing you said, Sean. It's not that all these NFL players end up broke. Obviously, there are some NFL players who do end up broke, which is a shame. But there's others who may make money and just not quite know how they want to invest it or how, how to best you know, grow their money. So it's from the people who have are at risk of becoming broke or the people who we just want to help share knowledge on how to better invest. That was the whole energy behind this show. Absolutely. And build that wealth mindset. And, you know, let's go further. It's not really a show. It's a series, people. You know, we're going to we're doing like a four week series with these NFL players. And, you know, they've all will they've all they're all OK with us airing the show and they're putting themselves out there and explaining some of their financial woes as well. And it's just good to hear. And even if you're not an NFL player, you know, Matt, you know, it's just good information 
together. I think it's very personal. I, I could have made it. Yeah, you could have made it. Yeah, <laughs> but it's very personal. Um, it's good experience, and it, it, I am learning as well as we go through this process and help other athletes and just people in general can take something from this series that we're going to put forth for you guys to listen to. So, you know, I hope you get something out of it and you, and you, and, and, and you enjoy it. All right. Well, enough said. Let's get into this episode. So everybody get your pad and pen out, take note, and tune in for part one of this four-week NFL financial literacy special. Yep. Let's get it popping, guys. CJ, you want to tell me a little about yourselves? Yeah, so uh, I play with all the dudes on on this call right here. Um, y'all know me. I'm a genuine dude. Um, uh, I played in the NFL for two years. Um, after the NFL, um, it, it was kind of like I didn't know what, what to do with my money or my life. Um, and I know a lot of guys face the same problem. So I reached out to Sean, um, and he put me on to, like, like investing, and I took his workshop. It was, like, four weeks. Um, Sean's just a great dude. He just gets back to the community. He's a genuine dude. Um, and so we just been communicating back and forth and we're like, man, we got to come up with a, you know, a program for the NFL. Um, Sean already had the program and where I come in is just like bringing the guys here. And so, um, really just here to, you know, learn basic financial principles. We're not here to sell you guys anything. Um, just here to, you know, talk about wealth, um, wealth creation, credit and all that good stuff. So yeah, that's my, my little spiel. Um, and I'll introduce um, Jeff Whaley. I we call him Mr. 850 because he has, you know, an unusual thing, just like you have an unusual skill set as far as playing football. Jeff has an unusual skill set with regards to credit, where he has a perfect credit score of 850. So um, he does a lot of these seminars with me because he has a lot of experience and added value. So I'll let Jeff say a couple of words as well, or aka Mr. 850. All right, guys, I just want to thank you for allowing me to be part of this and uh, to share whatever value I can give to you guys. I've been now volunteering with Sean and giving back to our community that is in dire need of uh, financial literacy. And through the financial clean classes, we just continue to help, help individuals um, to have a keener and wiser choice with their money as we go forward. So, you know, that's pretty much what I'm part of. And I appreciate the, uh, the space Sean has allowed me to share with him as we go forward. All right, back to you, Sean. Um, I'm going to introduce my friend who just joined. His name is Russell Bramwell. And I know um, CJ mentioned that he wanted to, us to focus a lot on real estate, which we are as we set, you know, as we go further in the program. And Russell does real estate as well, but we kind of do it from different perspectives. Uh, I felt, hey, let me bring him on for the first time so he can give, you know, he can talk about what he does real estate wise. And I can talk about what I do real estate wise. And you can kind of figure out what direction you want to go in if real estate is something that you want to do. So I'll let Russell give a quick intro of himself as well. Good afternoon, gentlemen. How are you? As you said, my name is Russell Bramwell. Um, I've been in real estate for about 20, 20 years, about um, started from the mortgage industry and pretty much buy, flip, buy and hold, sell um, across the board. I think I'm a little bit more aggressive than Sean, but, you know, I look for the opportunities, like the hidden opportunities. So from anywhere from short sales, uh, somebody that's in, in distress, um, individuals who are like estate sales, but just run down homes and recreating value and then uh you know pulling out as quickly as we can that's pretty much you know my specialty so you know when we get a chance to kind of get into that i can break that down a lot more for you all right all right and i'm sean linda um we can can you pull up the uh, powerpoint now cj yeah i got you 
and since we have an actually small space, there's about 12 of us, I'll let you guys, um, the people that are listening in, kind of introduce yourself as well. This program is supposed to be very interactive. We're all supposed to participate, share their values, share the concern. I'm, you know, when every class I teach, I'm looking forward to learning something as well. So please uh, feel uh, to join in and interact and add value where you see it's, it's due. And if there's something that we're saying that doesn't make sense to you or something you know otherwise, please share it. You know, I don't have no problem with open conversation and even constructive criticism as well. So let's go around quickly. Who's on the call? Just kind of give an intro who they are and so forth. And we'll keep it moving. So I, I can go by the names I see here. I see Darius Shepard. Yeah, I'm Darius Shepard. Uh, I played at NDSU uh, last two years. I was the Packers and I'm currently a free agent. Okay, wonderful. Blake? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can yes, hear you. Sir. Um, I'm Blake Countess. Uh, me and CJ came in together as rookies uh, and with the with the Eagles. Um, I played three years with the Rams, uh, went back to the Eagles, got hurt, uh, finished 2019 with the Jets. And then um, all last year I was a free agent. Um, and, you know, I saw CJ doing a lot of this stuff, which is, you know, I reached out to him. But, you know, being a free agent all year, I actually signed the last three games uh, or the last three weeks of the season with the Eagles again. But, you know, being a free agent, being out of work all last year, um, you know, really got my head spinning because it's all about having more than one source of income, right? Like Absolutely. NFL was my Absolutely. only source of in income at the time. So, you know, I'm just here. I, I, I just want to be a sponge. I want to figure out more ways that, that I can generate income for myself, for my family. Um, because, like I said, I'm a free agent right now. Um, and, you know, football is fleeting. Can't be forever. So, you know, absolutely. And I want to say this as well. Don't think that you have to just tell me football wise who you guys are. I mean, tell me just if you want to just tell me who you are in general, that's fine as well. I don't think anybody is defined by one thing like you just mentioned. You know, you should wear many hats. You should have many ways in which to produce income and show yourself. Football is part of your legacy. Don't get me wrong, but it's not the only thing that's going to define you in life. So don't feel you have to just tell me football wise. If you want to tell me business-wise things you're doing or just general family-wise, it, it's okay. It's okay. Whatever you want to share. Um, let's go to Marcus. Hey, I don't know. Marcus Williams. Uh, I played with CJ in college at NDSU, uh, played with the Jets for two years, maybe three years, played with the Texans for two years. I'm currently not playing anymore. Now I own a restaurant here in Minneapolis, Minnesota called the Breakfast Bar. And like, like everyone else said, I mean, I'm just here to be a sponge. I mean, I know what it is not playing in the league and not having the checks coming in like how it is, but um, I'm all about helping everybody else and making sure everybody have a, a future outside of football after it's done and, and going forward from there. All right. Well, and I'm going to assume that everybody on this call is African-American or black and, you know, it doesn't matter if you are or not, but you know, I would just reference to what Marcus was just saying, you know, this, this group should be also as a community group where you guys should like leverage off each other, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, I'm just like the vessel, you know, you don't have to leverage off me, you leverage off each other. You guys have similar experiences, you know, similar mindset, you know, and that's how other communities do it. You know, I've worked around and with Jews. I went to school with a lot of them. And, you know, one thing I admire about them is how much they keep it within the community and how much they work together and they partner together on initiatives. So I hope this even form allows you to like say, hey, you know, what are you working on? What are you doing? How can we leverage off each other? You know, you're not, you don't have to look at yourself as like 
And you guys come from the ultimate team sport environment. In my opinion, football is the ultimate team sport. So in business and in life, you kind of have to have that same kind of playbook where like, okay, how can you support me? How can I support you? And how can we grow together? And it doesn't have to be, you know, like I always say, even when it comes to banks, you're not married to a bank. You can date a bank, you know, date a bank, you know, if you don't like the bank, you move on. And in business, you can date, you can do a couple initiatives together, work on a couple of projects and then, and then move on, move in different directions. But it's, you know, working together and collaborating on things is so much more powerful than trying to be out there, trying to win on your own. Um, let's go forward now to um, uh, Seaboard. How are you doing? My name is Chris Board. Uh, I play with CJ in college. Uh, I'm going into my fourth year with the Ravens. Uh, I have one property as of right now, and I'm just here to learn, basically. So, Oh, thank you, man. Where's your property? Where's your property? Orlando, Florida. Orlando. Okay. Is it, multi, is it one? Is it single family, multifamily? What is it? Uh, triplex. Huh? Triplex. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Good, good. Any income okay, coming good? Say again. How's the income? Is it coming? How's Florida? I have a couple friends I bought in Orlando and they're doing well with it. They like it. I just closed like on the 23rd. So congratulations, man. Congratulations, bro. <laughs> congratulations. Congrats, CB. Yeah, appreciate yeah. Um, let's go to Darius. I already went to Darius. I already went to Darius. Yeah, we, Sorry. Yeah. The names are shoved around. So Jamal, then I think Jamal is next. Hey, how you doing? I'm Jamal Perry. Um, I came my rookie year, I met CJ in Philly and went to New England. Now I'm currently uh, playing with the Dolphins right now. And basically like everybody else, I'm just here to soak up the knowledge and learn more about this. Um, okay, Rick. No, he doesn't have a mic. Okay. So, so I'll go to Sydney then, Sydney. Hope y'all. Sure. Uh, Sydney Jones. Play with CJ, Maul, Blake, all in the Philly. Uh, my fifth year in the league. I play for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So here to soak up the knowledge. Um, I currently have one Airbnb about to close on another that I plan to Airbnb on the on the 18th of this month. So um, I'm in the Airbnb space, but here to soak up knowledge from you know you guys and what you guys have going on. Okay. Well, I think I got everybody. Did I miss anybody? Okay. Well, I want to say this, like just even hearing the intros is really good. And, you know, when I look at business, I think of business, you know, NFL is, is obviously a business and you have to look at it as such. And when you think about it, just even hear you guys history, like everybody, for the most part that I heard, everybody played on multiple teams. So meaning that, you know, there's not a lot of like, long-term security longevity in the industry that you've chosen not to say it's a bad thing but it's just something you have to understand the business of football you know and understand that hey you know it's a business where you get put in different positions you go from team to team or i and from my world you know you go from company organization to organization because you guys leave when every team is a franchise at the end of the day so you're going from one franchise to another franchise and you're just kind of finding your way and hoping to stay afloat and keep it moving so you have to understand the dynamics in the business of what you're in and how can you leverage that business? How can you make that business work for you in the shortest period of time so that you max out the opportunity? You know, um, let's go to the, what slide are you on CJ? Let's go to the second slide. Okay, so originally the program that I teach, it's called CLEAN and CLEAN is an acronym 
Um, it stands for credit, learning to live without, education, attention to detail, no shame in your game. That's usually an eight to 12 week program, but you know, I, Jeff and I will tell you, we tried to make our program tailored to our audience. So I think a lot of these core principles are great, but I think I'm, you know, I was trying to create something that, I, that I'm really driving to your needs, your specific needs and how you're going to leverage your situation to get, you know, the best return possible. So we've, I've, you know, I've, I've changed it a little just for this program so it could be more impactful. So once again, um, I'm hoping that you guys are get involved in the conversation, you add value, and we kind of work together as a team to kind of get the best we can in understanding how we can like perform outside of the field and on the field as well. Okay, so next slide. Who am I? Just a little background on who I am. I'm the co-founder of this financial literacy program that I started around 2015. I also host um, a fairly popular podcast called Two Black Guys with Good Credit. Um, from that, obviously, like I said, I've met CJ, I've met a ton of people, host of people have gotten a lot of great exposure from the program and from the podcast, because I think we make financial literacy just easier for people to understand and relate, relate to and, and think that they can um, you know, achieve what they want in life. Um, I myself come from humble beginnings, single mother raised in the projects actually, and, you know, graduated from college and moved from Canada, actually born in Canada, moved to New York to work on Wall Street. Um, I started working for a number of banks, Chase Bank, uh, Payne Weber, and American Express was my last stop. And working on the street just made me really understand risk. And that's something we're going to get into in this conversation because with business and anything you do, and even when you're like on the field and you're running to make that tackle and that play, you sometimes, I'm sure as you get older, you're evaluating the risk versus reward. Does it make sense to go head on in and risk getting injured for one play and then, you know, not get paid anymore? And with business, you know, what I hope you guys get out of this whole program is really understanding how to evaluate risk. You know, putting your emotions aside, putting your feelings aside and looking at you know, what is my exposure if I decide to get involved in this venture? What is my exposure if I put up X amount of money? You know, I always say in business, I never focus on how much money I can make. I always focus on how much money I can lose. I manage the downside more than I ever manage the upside. The upside is the bonus. The downside is what I have to worry about because if you don't manage the downside is where you fall into problems where you where you lose a lot, where you hit, where you didn't really realize how much you could lose. You didn't realize how much you could be exposed. You didn't, you didn't look at it in a, in a way that was risk, like risk management. And most people that try to get people involved in different ventures and different initiatives, they're always telling you the upside. Oh, you can make this amount of money, bro. If you give me this amount of money, I can flip it. And I can do this. We can do that. We can have this restaurant. We can have this, we can have all that, but they're not telling you the downside. They're not telling you the exposure. And you know, my job with you guys, I'm not trying to be your financial advisor. I'm not going to come at the end of the program and say, you know, give me your money, invest in this, invest in that. I want you guys to have the ability to look at opportunities and see them for what they are and understand the risk associated with it. And you make that decision whether you want to expose yourself into any type of investment that's coming your way and how you can see realistically what how you can grow your worth steadily growth i'm not a guy that's going to teach you how to hit a home run and how to flip your money because i really don't believe in that philosophy and you guys are in a position where you've been able to leverage your skill set at a young age which is playing football which we would all love to be able to do like have a special skill and be able to monetize it at a young age the goal for you guys is 
how do I leverage off that? How do I keep it moving forward? So I'm in my late thirties, my forties, my fifties, I'm still eating off that same skill that I had when I was in my twenties and I'm still benefiting from it because I laid the right foundation. Does that make sense? Yes, it does make sense, Sean. Beyond you, Jeff, beyond Mr. 850, everybody else here with me? <laughs> Everybody's following me. Like, I don't want to lose you. So, so what I want to teach you is evaluating because yes, some of you guys have financial advisors and advisors, people that you trust and confide in, which, you know, that's, you know, I'm not telling you not to do that, but you as men have to make that decision and have to see it the way they see it and have to evaluate it and have to be strong enough and know what questions to ask, where to see things. Because, you know, as we say in Brooklyn, if you don't, that's how you get got. Mm -hmm. And you're going to get got from not sometimes from strangers, mostly people that you can fight in. And sometimes, most times, and people I've been investing and people investing a lot of most of the times, people that come at you with things that they truly believe that it's a winner, but they haven't done their homework. So these are people that you may trust in and think like, hey, this is my boy. He's never going to do me wrong. Or this is my family member. He was, she would never do me wrong. But they themselves were caught up in something that they may not fully understand. So you, you have to be where like every, you know, I have rules If I'm exposed. I have to understand what I'm being exposed to. And I have benchmarks is how much I'm going to invest in something that I know little about, you know, I've taken risky invest investments, but it's not going to break my bank. You know, I more believe in slow, steady growth. You know, you can, you don't have to hit, you know, field goals can win a game. <laughs> if you keep hitting them, you don't have to like try to get a touchdown, try to throw the Hail Mary at every play. You can, to have slow, steady, consistent growth and work it because, you know, you guys have the most important thing right now is time. And if you leverage that time versus your resources, you'll create an abundance of wealth for yourself. So from yeah, working on right, I, I learned really how to take on risk and how to manage risk. So far as that, yes, I played in the market because I worked on the street, but it wasn't where the bulk of my money went. The bulk of my money was going into real estate. But I just felt I had a lot more control versus investing in the stock market and buying funds and doing those kind of things. But I looked at the market as like my slow, steady growth point, like where I'm just going to put in incremental amount of money every week, every two weeks, and let it steady grow. And I was I took the higher risk when it came to real estate because I just felt I had a lot more outs. I had a lot more ways in which I could play and work angles to know that if the deal went bad, I could figure my way out of it. You know, and, and we'll talk about it more. But when it comes to business and looking at opportunities, you have to really understand what's my exit. Like, for example, I've bought property in, in the Caribbean and in Barbados and, you know, and it was a great buy in a sense. But to get the money out, is hard. It's not as like it's not like New York. It's not like in America. There's just a lot of hurdles. There's a lot of so a lot of investments, too. You can say, oh, we're going to make all this kind of money. But what's my exit? How do I leave? How do I get out of this investment if I don't want to be in anymore? So these are things we're going to go over and we're going to talk about throughout the next few weeks. Um, you guys are with me? Everybody's awake? Yeah. Yes, sir. So yep. we're at, we're at um, before yep. we begin, do you want to go into this, Sean, a little bit so we can explain um, or uh, expound on, you know, some of the history of what's going on with the, with most, um, many athletes as they go forward, as we can see. Uh, I, I can take this if you want. Um, go ahead. Uh, before we begin, um, we are part of an elite fraternity, and but your wealth is not guaranteed. And and I know all of y'all understand that. 
you know, in, in this. Wait, 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 you're going ahead one slide. We haven't got to, let me just finish off this slide and then we'll go into that slide, Jeff. Okay. Sorry about that. Okay, so yeah, we're gonna get, that's the next slide, but let me just talk about this slide before, before we go to that slide. Sorry to jump back. You know, what we're developing, as you can see in the slide, is we're developing a wealth mindset. Um, and it's really not about, being rich is one thing. Anybody can be rich. To think on a wealth mindset level is leaving something for the next generation and the next generation to follow. I mean, and our history is short when it comes to generation, generating wealth. I mean, we just got out of slavery a few years ago. So we're way behind. And, you know, unfortunately, it, wealth is not built in a lifetime, but it can be the, the basics, the foundation can be created in a lifetime. And that's really what we try to teach wealth mindset, you know, really slow and steady growth and managing that risk and exposure. Um, so now we can go to the next slide. And I'll let I'll let Jeff uh, take it. Okay, so, you know, um, we all part of this elite fraternity, but your wealth is not guaranteed. 1,700 players in the NFL, average tenure is three years, NFL not for long. Uh, separate, separation of talent is minimum. And as you can see, everyone is replaceable. You are not a rare commodity. And they, these are points that you've already heard. You've been um, talking told this by former players, you've been told this by maybe people in the league um, who are trying to help you understand that this is the business of sports and sports is all about money, all right? And you know, you're passing through this, 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 this game of football with a talent that you can monetize and, and put you at a position for the rest of your life, put your family's legacy at a position for the rest of your life if you use it wisely. And when we say wisely, I mean, we see athletes on, in movies throwing their money away, um, you know, just buying extravagant things and helping other people get wealthy through the purchases that they make. You know, we're not telling you what to purchase, but we're hoping to give you the wisdom to know how to properly position yourself for, to create a legacy for your family. So the question is, how do you maximize your time to get the highest rate of return? Your current contacts is the building block. So each of you guys can help each other. You can you can team up as you know how to do well, as it work together with others, and you can place yourselves in positions of opportunity when you realize that that opportunity is there. And this is what I had to learn as I grew up and saw opportunities in Bed Stuy before Bed Stuy became gentrified. So you know, my wife didn't see the opportunity, but she wanted to move to Long Island like the rest of her family did and buy a nice comfortable house. And I convinced her and I said, listen, honey, these drugs are not gonna always be in this neighborhood like it is. These neighborhoods have, they have a certain um, width to the sidewalk. These are brownstones. They can't make these anymore. I mean, they're not making them like this anymore. We should buy some of these brownstones. And that was a journey with my family during the crack epidemic. So we went in when crack was still growing. And that was the choice we decided to make. And God bless my wife because she decided to go with me on this. And we were able to raise our kids and we had certain criterias when we bought in. So we're trying to help you understand how to look at opportunity before everyone else does and utilize that opportunity to better yourselves and set your family in a better position when your game in the fabulous sport of football ends. 
And you know, as you've seen on the, on here, you have some who have real estate, you have some who have restaurants. There's something out there for everyone. There's a lot of opportunity. There's many platforms for which you can position yourself. So uh, Sean, you wanna add anything to that? Yeah, let me just say a couple of things. Um, you know, I wanna break it down and focus really on the business of what you're in, you know, and understanding the dynamics and understanding, you know, in any business you're in, you're, you're part of this, this vehicle and this business, and you have to understand the wow. dynamics of the business so you can know how to leverage it and make it work for you. Um, and these are all to me, yes, there's 1700 players in the NFL for you to even become part of that elite franchise, you know, you're special in itself. You know, that's, that's, you have a rare, rare talent that, people would love to have. And it's about leveraging that talent and, you know, and, and how do you maximize that out? So I want to open up the floor and I wanted to hear from some of you guys telling me what you believe the business of football is and what you've learned and how you feel you, you're leveraging it or if you're not leveraging the business of football. So tell me what you guys think. Man, I'll start. Um, this is CJ speaking, but um, when I was in the NFL, I was kind of afraid to just like build my own brand. And I just to go back to it, I wish I would have just leveraged it while I was playing, um, you know, just, you know, making money off being myself and, and my own brand, places that I show up, the things that I do, leveraging that, my relationships, you know, who, who do I know who does real estate in my circle, you know, or who can I get to know? Um, so that's one thing that I wish I did when I was uh, in the NFL was just leverage my brand more. Okay, so yeah, guys, basically, uh, go ahead. Oh, my bad. I was just going to say, basically, to piggyback off what CJ was saying, I mean, the things we're doing right now, like, when just things like this, like, when I was playing, I didn't even have this opportunity just to meet anybody that was doing anything with the knowledge that you guys have. Everybody that I was meeting was saying, no, hold on, save your money, you should do this, you should do that, but wasn't trying to help me learn how to make money. You know what I'm saying? They just wanted me to save money instead of teaching me how to make more money. Well, let me give you the theory about saving. Saving is a part of building wealth. It's a component, mm -hmm. but it's not the end game. My exactly. grandmother, nobody on this call saved better than my grandmother. Okay. My grandmother worked at the hospital. She saved her money. She saved, she saved, she saved, she saved. She'd mentioned save, save, save. And we all as black people come from a community of just people telling us to save, save. but saving has to lead to investing. If you exactly. don't invest, you'll never grow. My grandmother never bought real estate. She never really took any kind of risk. Um, she's still alive. She's about nine years old, nine years old right now. She's beautiful. And what she did well was she cooked. She could cook like, I know probably all you guys saying nobody cooked like your grandmother, but my grandmother could cook. And I would mm -hmm. always say, I remember as a child, like, you should make a cookbook. You can, you should make a cookbook. And had she even decided, you know what, I'm going to make a cookbook or I'm going to start selling food. That would have been her legacy. That's where she could have leveraged off that. Her special skill, your special skill is playing football and hopefully other things. Her special skill was cooking. To this day, if she had a cookbook, who knows? That cookbook could have been on Amazon. I could have gotten it, you know, I could have gotten it published. I could have been leveraged on it. I could have been cooking on it, so many different things. But all of those recipes, all that great cooking she had, it left with her. So what I'm trying to say is, yes, we should all save. But what I want you to turn the switch on is understanding saving should lead to investing. It's very important. You know, your savings should be minimal, but it should be, look, where am I going to investing? How am I going to grow my brand? And the first thing you invest in is you. Like when people come to you with deals and investments that you don't understand, if you can't take the time to learn to understand it, then that's not a deal you should be involved in. I don't care what it is, what the return is, or how good 
playlist. If it's a, from even open up a restaurant, if you don't know the business of restaurant, then don't open up a restaurant. If you don't know the business of throwing parties or whatever you, if you don't know the business of real estate, don't invest in real estate. You need to take the time and learn the business because you have money doesn't guarantee that you're going to get a return, that you're going to get the results you're looking for. And you got to be aggressive with your, you only have, I don't care how many marbles you have. You have 5 million marbles, you have 100,000 marbles. That's how many marbles you have in this game. And you got to manage those marbles very, very carefully. You got to manage them carefully. Not be scared, not be scared, but manage them. There's a difference, right? Um, somebody else want to share, share? Because I really want to get to like, let's understand the business of football. So we can figure out, like CJ just said, you know, if I knew how to brand myself, I would have been brand myself different. Okay, you guys are in the league. How are you branding yourself today? What are you making unique about yourself that you can leverage? Because you can't just be saying, okay, like I know one gentleman was saying, you know, I'm, I'm right now, I'm, I'm looking to get on a team you know, I'm a free agent right now. You can't just be like hitting the gym hard, waiting for that call because that's a tough position to be in. You got to figure out where can I leverage what I'm doing now? How can I leverage that? You have a special skill. How am I going to make it work? What's the other angle? You should be able to draw like about five different incomes off your skill. And if it even has to be like, let me go back to the basics and say, Sorry, my son's phone is connected to his computer. Let me go back to the basics and say, okay, I'm going to teach my skill set, but I'm going to drive a value behind it. You know, I'm going to set up my own camp. I'm going to set up some Instagram things to grow my brand. And it can turn, I've known guys like well, CJ. I think CJ used to train people as well. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to be your end game where you say, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm going to be a trainer for life, but that will open doors to do other things, you know, to open up other things like, a guy, I go to a black owned CrossFit and the black owner of CrossFit just got this executive position from Reebok because Reebok is the ultimate CrossFit um, where CrossFit I think began or the big sponsor. So now he's doing something big with Reebok with regarding CrossFit, but still has his CrossFit joint because he leveraged off him owning a CrossFit and learning that skill. You have to really think with yourself between this week and next week, I got to find two or three other hustles out of this football other than waiting for a call other than being on a team. Yeah. Also, Sean, they may want to add where they see themselves as they're, you know, outside the game, as they play the game, you know, um, they can see where they can uh, expand on their, um, like you say, the platforms that are available because, you know, their, their exposure right now is way out there when they're on the field, but, you know, they have to monetize that to, Maybe the platforms, maybe to some products, maybe to some 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 brands that will be you know lasting after they leave the game. So I don't. You got to understand. Like I said, you guys are a rare commodity. People want to get to you. People want to leverage you. So you got to understand how do I make that work for me? How do I I'm able to use that to my ability and make it work to me that I can generate income? There's no reason that you can't generate two or three separate incomes from just the game of football and you're yeah. when i explain you like i said you know i'm gonna be very direct you know i look at risk and exposure you know i know i've never played football you know 
I'm a fan of it. I, I, one year I, I played basketball with a friend that said, oh man, you play ball, you should come play football with us. And we're in this touch league, all these XB1 guys playing this league. Man, I went on that field, I was lost. I thought I knew football. When they started saying this route, that route, I was like, whoa, there's a whole different level of football that I don't even understand that I, you know, I was lost on that field. So I understand like, it's a skill to play that game. But you have to understand, like when you step on that field, you're exposed, you know, I, I, from what I know and understand, I could be wrong. A lot of the contracts are like not guaranteed contracts. A lot of them are incentive based. So if you get injured, yeah, it hurts your pocket. And that's a level of risk and exposure. So I, I'd be telling myself while I was on the field, okay, if I get injured, I, my hustle would be, I want to make in the years that I'm playing football, just as much money as I make on the field, I want to be making it off the field. And some of you may see that's impossible, but it's not. It's how you leverage your skill how you grow your brand, how you get aggressive out there in the market. Yeah, um, and just to add off that, Sean, to, yeah, uh, just to add off that, Sean, just to throw some ideas out there, I think the easiest thing to do is just leverage your social media, whether that's like creating YouTube videos, um, you know, or posting on Instagram. That's what I'm currently doing right now is trying to, you know, build my brand. It would have been easier if I played in the NFL. Um, so that's just an idea like that. It's just monetize your social media. Or even along your journey, you've met some critical people from college football to other teams. Like, how can you get involved? Even it means getting involved in your college team during the off season where you do special training with them, do special recruiting. And don't think like these things you have to do for free. Like, you know, in business, you don't owe anybody anything. You know, the schools that you went to, I'm sure they were great. They helped you, they helped you get where you are. But at the end of the day, everything is business. The same people that helped you get where you are as far as coaches, they were getting paid. So you can even leverage as well, leverage your past relationships. You can even leverage your past relationship with teams that you played for, coaches that you played for. How can I get involved? And you know, to me, just getting that second strand of income, no matter how high it is, is the start. And you just keep working it and figuring out angles in which you can kind of position it and kind of go further and go deeper with it. I hope I'm, I'm making sense. I know everybody's quiet, so I just want to make sure I'm making yeah, sense. Yeah, everybody we, understands. Yeah, we want to expand the conversation with, with what they want to say and see what's on their yeah, mind. Yeah, so exactly. We can, I don't we want can to go drive from the top the down, pace. from uh, Sydney down to, um, you know, Darius and C. Smith and uh, uh, C.J. Smith, and just run it from each one of them as give us a brief idea of where your head is on what the, with the game outside the game and how you look to see how you, you fit with as far as business is concerned. Sydney, Chris, what are you thinking? I think Sydney's right. I think Sydney's up. Yes, I'll, I'll go. Um, just I mean, with me, like I, I've been, I'll say I've been leveraging it way better than I have been, like when I first got into into the league because I would say myself, like I would, I would always feel like, oh, I think like, oh, I ain't like no big time dude or I ain't making a certain amount of money to, you know, like approach, approach certain people, I would say. Right. But now like I have been reaching out to more people like just this past weekend in Houston, I had uh, one of my best friends, he got this whole insurance thing and he had, he had hosted like a, kind of like a draft networking event where there was like a lot of real estate people that does like multi-home, single family, uh, triplex, flipping houses as well. And like, and through that, I have like built a relationship with them people. Like I just got off the call 
with one guy that's actually based out of Houston. And me and him was just, you know, chopping it up. And I would say, like, with that, like, and I also met one guy from when I had bought my uh, truck. Come to find out, like, he owned, like, a lot of homes in uh, Houston as well. And, you know, he put them on Section 8. And he, like, with him, he was telling me, okay, like, once you're serious about this, you know, like, after I'm done playing football, like, he would show me X, Y, and Z and, like, how to build and everything. So I would say, like, for me, it's been it's been going good. But I also just feel like when I'm actually, like, ready to actually, like, get, like, down to it, like, down to the root, like, I think I have, I have, I have, like, those resources to reach out to. Mm-hmm. So how do you manage those relationships is a question, Jamal. Like, where do you, how do you find your niche and kind of navigate around that to make sure that you're, you're managing the risk, you're managing your exposure, and what right. you do, you know, is that you don't have to go all in, you know, you do a little test mark, you feel it out because people are coming at, you know, as much as you want something from them, they want something from you. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's how relationships work. Right. But you right. have to understand, you know, where is my angle and where can I excel in? You know, you don't have to do everything in real estate. That's why I brought Russell on this call, because like he says, he's more aggressive with flipping, with finding, you know, distressed properties. While I look to buy more um, upper upper income neighborhoods. I like like long term holds. I like rental good rental income, and that's my game. You know, so you have to figure out like where is my angle? Where how am I gonna find my fit in this? You know, how am I gonna leverage what I do and be able to excel in you know in this new market? And you have to kind of put your feelers on and become like a good listener. You know, become a good listener and take in information. And, you know, if, if they want you to go all in, I would always like, if you're going to start with like, say you're going to buy a triplex, like the gentleman said he bought in Orlando. That's a great learning tool, you know, learn from it, get some rental income coming in, pay some property taxes, see how that business works before you go all in. Because when you come out the league, you know, that comfortable check that you're getting is not going to exist anymore. So you got to manage those marbles very carefully, you know? Yes. So... It's good that you're learning and this is a time for you to just kind of learn and understand what's happening and how, you know, if the guy told you, like he said, he bought Section 8 properties in Houston. And I, I know people that do Section 8 in New York. You know, uh-huh. there's a risk associated with it. Like, you know, you got to ask them, so what's the downside? You're telling me all the great things about it. What's the downside? Where's right. my exposure? You know, what do you yeah. do when you have, like, I know dudes that have to hire security to kick people out because you have a certain type of tenant that lives in Section 8. You know, yeah. certain type of mentality. Some of them, you know, can be problematic and some of them, you know, so you have to understand, you know, how do I manage the downside to that? How do how do you get rid of a tenant? How do you evict a tenant? You know, how do you right. bring in new tenants? What's the condition of the buildings after? What kind of work do you have to put in? You know, if yeah, somebody's not willing to tell you the downside, then that person is just trying to yes you. you yeah, that's what basically what he was telling me as far as like as far as like what area um, you will, you know, had a house on like section A and stuff like that. Yeah. And then this, cause you're playing football now, it's a good time for you to even go out there and then meet politicians, people that give like, mm. there's, there's some people that have access to grants and community development stuff that'll speak to you now because you play football. That's what okay. it is, you know? So you can go deeper now. Maybe you can go, you can probably have a little further reach than he can just because you're playing football. You know, and politics and getting in with politicians is a whole other angle, which can help you business-wise, which can help your growth. Um, let's go to the next slide. 
But before before you move on, let me just add this little little tidbit. Um, for those who do want to get into real estate, I mean, like Sean said, you got to try to minimize your risk. So if you're looking to be a landlord, you should always like find out what the landlord tenant laws are in your state, whatever state you decide to invest in, because those are some of the hiccups that can really cause you issues in terms of getting rid of people, um, you know, just spending a lot of money, just being tied up in court for a year, possibly even longer, like in New York. So definitely take in consideration the laws and rules and regulations of the state you're, that you're investing in. That was pretty much yeah. it. I'm going to go back to what I said at the very beginning, manage the downside, figure out what your risk and what your exposure is before you jump in. Um, let's go to the next slide. And I, I put this on there. So just to kind of hit home talking about, I was looking up before we started as of, you know, players that's gone broke and what, in any business, I kind of look at what are the common denominators? What did they all have in common that allowed that made them um, lose their money? What were their symptoms? And, I came up with the top eight and we'll talk about them. Number one is um, poor spending habits, meaning that they're not managing their money properly. They're not knowing what they're spending on. They, if they get, they make a hundred dollars, they weren't um, figuring out how much of that hundred dollars should be saved, how much should go through investing and how much should be like hanging out. And I am not just a little bit myself. And I can tell you, and I know Russell as well, we're not ones that sit like hermits and don't spend anything and like, don't live life. You know, I enjoy life as much as I, as much as I'm involved in business. Cause I believe there should be both. I'm not like saving, 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 investing, 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 and then waiting for this glorious day to come. I balance, I travel a lot. I buy things that I want. I do as I want, but I, there's always a plan. And when, even when Russell and I speak, we're always talking about as much as we want to have fun, the conversation will always end towards being strategic and thinking of things we want to do business wise. And, you know, that's what I want to teach you guys. So I'm not telling you not to buy, you know, your favorite watch or your favorite car, those things. It's just a matter of how you're doing it, being smart about it and how to leverage it and make sure that you're doing things the right way. And if you don't have proper spending habits and guidance, then it's going to go faster than you think it could go. Um, number two, it's similar, bad budgeting. You know, I don't know how it's possible to grow in great wealth if you do not have a budget, if you do not write down your simple expenses every month how much money you make, what you're spending on and see where, you know, I was like, say your expense lines are your opportunities in which you can find ways to reduce them and cut them down. And always, you know, for example, at my job, I have a couple of work vans and on my work vans, I was paying full insurance, full coverage on the van because I bought them brand new and the insurance was like 393 per truck. And as I thought about it, now they're 2018. I'm like, why am I paying full coverage on this? van because it's really just a cube van to ship cargo back and forth. My deductible is $1,000. So meaning that anything under $1,000, it doesn't make sense going through my insurance. Even anything $1,500, I might as well not go through insurance, raise a premium because I'll just pay the $1,500 because I have $1,000 deductible anyhow. And when I look at the van, it's just a cube van. It's a Ford 250 with a simple engine in it. Like what could go wrong that's going to cost me big money to fix that van? And I thought about it, even when I was speaking to Geico on the phone, I'm asking, what could go wrong? She couldn't even answer. I'm like, I don't need full coverage on this van. I've just always had full coverage. And, you know, it's always just really trying to understand my expenses. So I was like, you know, how much is just liability? And she was like, oh, it's going to be now like $189 a month. So that's a saving of $200 a month. 200 times 12 is $2,400 I'm saving a year. So I'm like, okay, if anything goes bad with this van, and I don't know what could go bad with this van, where it's going to cost me more than $2,400. 
I'm saving it on my premium anyhow. So just two days ago, I just cut my insurance on both trucks and brought it down to just, just liability because it didn't make sense from a business perspective to pay something that I'll probably never take advantage of. I'll probably never need, you know, and that comes down to like every month I have my expenses. I'm looking at them. And I'm, I'm looking at how much I've paid historically and I'm looking at ways in which I can save. Um, number three, shady advisors. Um, I can't imagine how many people may come your way and try to tell you what to do and how to do it. And I'm not telling you not to turn any, turn everybody away, but I'm just telling you to manage them. And at the end of the day, from your lawyer, from your accountant, from your tax advisor, from your coach, from whoever, you are the decision maker at the end of the day. And it's your decision. And, you know, as you get older, you know, the tough decisions are the ones where somebody around you may not agree with you, but that's okay. They don't have to agree with you, but you are the one that has to make those decisions, especially when it comes to your investment and the direction you're trying to do. Um, number four, bad investments. This comes down to not weighing the investment, getting emotionally caught up with the investment. And I'm not here to tell anybody what to invest in because, you know, God forbid if somebody wants to tell me where and what to do with my money. You know, I, you know, I love restaurants. I think restaurants are are great investment if you know how to manage them properly. But would I put everything I owned in that? No, I would kind of spread it out, diversify a little, you know, because you don't know like what is going to really take off and what may you may have to like support. Like for example, like I have a logistics business, shipping business, Nick that drive had it for almost 20 years, but it was hemorrhaging. It just listen, COVID for some people didn't work out for them. For me, it worked out very well for my business because people couldn't travel, so they had to ship. And my business just jumped up leapfolds. Before that, I was sometimes scared to look at the numbers. Real estate was supporting my logistics business. It really was for a number of years. Like the shipping business was something I was just growing and hoping that one day it was going to pay off. So, you know, I, I would say it was not so good investment. And then it started turning good within the last five, six years. So you have to kind of understand that. And if I put everything into Nicknat and had nothing in real estate, I wouldn't be here having the conversation with you today. And if I put everything into one building that I own and didn't buy a few buildings to diversify myself, I wouldn't be here talking to you today. So it's a matter of understanding risk, again, understanding exposure and keeping diversified. Um, your rate of return, I'm meaning the money that you make is based on all of your investments, accumulative, not just one. All of them together is your rate of return. Like something Mr. 850 and even Russell, I talk about, as you get older, you even find out it's more, even more it comes down to cash flow, managing your cash flow, growing your cash flow, maintaining your cash flow. Um, number five, no exit Can strategy. I take five, Sean? I Absolutely. like five. You know, when, when you look at strategies and, you know, my approach has always been every day I'm moving to my future. So everything I've done today is creating my future for tomorrow. So I see myself, you know, in the next maybe, I don't know, eight to 10 months, not in America, but moving around Africa in multiple countries to see where my wife would be happy. But the main thing is to situate myself here with my properties so I can not have too many phone calls coming to me from people who are not sure what to do. So I'm in the process of just evaluating what to keep, what not to keep. And every day I look at what do I need to do because when I wake up, I want to have a purpose and to be driven enough to get up early to make sure these strategies that I'm utilizing to get everything in place work out well. So if you don't have a strategy, 
uh, which you come from a strategy game. Everything you do is based on strategy. So that should be something you can take from the game into your own personal life. What I did was I looked at every dollar I spent and I realized if that dollar was getting 6% interest, just think for a second, 6% interest is not impossible, all right? And with, with a basic PDF or mutual fund, you should be able to get 6% or more. But using 6% as a strategy, if you saved $100, it's the same as having 20,000 invested and getting a 6% return. So for every 100 I saved, where I didn't spend, that money went back to my pocket from the way I lived, it's the same as if I had 20,000 invested. So during the course of my life, I've been able to save thousands of dollars of, of lifestyle spending without sacrificing fun or taking my wife out or driving or doing all the things I like. But I've driven my lifestyle down to a point where has been saved and been able to use like through the strategies. Okay, people, stay tuned. We're going to take a quick break from our part one of our four week NFL financial literacy special. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after these quick messages. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Welcome back to Two Black Guys with Good Credit, the show for the financially curious and the financially knowledgeable. We are in the midst of our part one of our four-week NFL financial literacy special, and let's jump right back into it. Say no more. Let's get it going. I know it's eight o'clock. I want to respect everybody's time, but does everybody have 10 more minutes? Yes? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. Um, 
yeah, poor risk management would be just as we all see, you know, not utilizing the things around us well, whether it's property, whether it's our game, not doing the things we need to do to be on point as we go forward. And families and friends, well, you know, in your position, I'm sure you have people that turn to you, you know, with help. You know, as we grow in, in stature or in wealth, we always find ourselves with people who are in need and you want to help them out. You know, sometimes, though, you have to exercise the word no. You know, what I try to do with my family is this. If I can't give it to you, I can't lend it to you. So, you know, I don't expect people to return money back to me. So I try to keep what I give to them, what I can afford to lose, you know. So, you know, my family sometimes agree with me. Sometimes they don't agree. But it's my choice. And this is the way I live. And so, just to add to what Jeff's saying, as far as friends and family, this is very sticky because I've been down that road myself. And, you know, what you have to look at it and, you know, I'm trying to be as direct as possible and some things may sound harsh, but you have to look at it once again as a business in itself and how well you manage that relationship with friends and family. You know, we can even, we can get, we're going to get a little more into that of, you know, even how you can leverage like setting up a nonprofit and using your friends and family to run it. So then it comes, everybody wins, you get the tax write off, they get the income and everything works out, but you have to, you know, put your emotions aside and figure out, how am I going to manage this relationship? How am I going to make it? And we all know, like, when it's coming, like, who are the friends and family that are going to be trying to leverage off you? And how do I manage that? And how do I make sure that, not, you know, they are, they, they are, I'm giving them what I feel they deserve, but I also am, I'm being respectful to myself. Um, because these are the things that can, that can take advantage of you and send you to where, you know, these players that I, I listed above, how they went broke, they all had these common denominators. You know, the next thing is legal issues. And I'll talk about it time and time again. This is where it can take a lot of your money, you know, as far as like criminal activity that you get caught up in. Divorce is very expensive um, and, and just general lawsuits. And, you know, lawyers will act like they're your friend, but they're a business in within itself. And they're very expensive. I was in a lawsuit for seven years and it cost me a lot of money. So you have to know how to manage those relationships as well, how to exit out of legal problems, how to get out. You know, in law and court, well, they'll tell you, think about court, especially us as black men, you, you never come out feeling victorious, no matter if you think you won or lost. Like court is something where really nobody wins. It's just the only people that win are the lawyers. So you have to understand how do I exit out of this? How do I get out with limited exposure, limited costs and expenses? And that's a game in itself to really leverage, to manage those things and understand. And then what do you do as precautionary to avoid getting involved in those things. So if they do happen, you're not as exposed, right? Um, so the next thing, let's go to the next slide. Any questions so far? Everybody's good? Um, underline, understanding your business. We talked about it throughout the program today. And it's, I want you to leave thinking about how you're going, how you're leveraging your brand. I'm going to lead in tomorrow's next week's class about talking about your brand, understanding more of the business of football. You'll see a lot of, a lot of athletes that can transition into business ownership or transitioning to working in their field. They really took time to start to understand the business of the game, how it works, how you can leverage, how you can make money from it. You know, what I can do to really excel and leverage off what, you know, I'm doing continuously. And, you know, like I would say, the NFL, from a business perspective, 
it's a business. It's a, it's not a fraternity. Like, you know, CJ, I've had a couple few conversations with CJ to be like, it's not a fraternity. It's more of a business. And you have to treat it as such. And you are a product of that business. You are a spoke in that business. And how can you make sure that you're getting the best you can while you're in this business? Um, and this is all part of the intro. And so for the next few weeks, the things that we're going to be talking about, we'll go to the next slide, is um, the course curriculum is based off zero to 100. And it really just talks about when you get this influx of money, what to do with it, the credit hustle, how to leverage credit, um, understanding your money is your money, learning to live without, how to make these sacrifices, um, your least favorite uncle, which is Uncle Sam taxes, how to work your way around that. Um, defense wins championships. And this is all what we talked about as far as risk and exposure, making the right play, understanding how to position, how to pivot, making the assist. It's more getting into other businesses and how to think what to get into and how to get into forward thinking, thinking beyond football and what's next. And then finally, um, the wealth mindset. So I think we'll end it there. Um, does anybody have any questions? What do everybody think? Feedback is very, very important to me because it just helps me prepare for the following week and know what I need to pivot, what I need to adjust, you know, and to make sure that I'm getting across the information in a way that's helping you guys. So if it's not adding any value or you think of something that else you want to talk about or something you like, I, I, this is the time to kind of say it so we can do better. Everybody's good? Yep. I um. I'm definitely, you know, eager to, to go into next week. Just I know the the introductions and that kind of took up a little bit of time, but you know, just kind of going into more of what what you guys are all doing. Um, because like when you ask the question, like, are you leveraging your brand? Like, are you really taking care of all your resources now that you're in a in the NFL? In short, like the answer for me is no, because I don't think that I I, I don't think that I am. Um, but I also feel like uh, with anything, like you said, if you don't know the business of real estate, don't get into real estate. If you don't know the business of logistics or shipping, don't get into it. So right now I'm at, I'm at a point where, you know, last last year I was on the fence um, as far as it goes with football and like like being in like one foot in the door, one foot out the door. Um, I did get that call, but it was it was week 17. You know, what I mean, so that that that's tough to to go the whole year, you know, just working out. And I did a number of different workouts. But it, every day I sat home and I was like, damn, I don't have any money coming in. But like, what what do I know outside of football? You know, what right. you know what I'm saying so. So for me, you know, that really resonated a lot with me is just, you know, football needs to football needs to be bringing in more than one stream of income one and then learning about other streams of income to, to create that, like you say, extra strategy. So so I'm real. I'm really. Uh, excited. Did you ask that question, though, when you're what what do you know beyond football? Did you did you figure that out? And that's, that's, it's not that I don't know, it's more so what, what I want to do. So the, the, the plan that I want to take or like the action that I want to take, it's not that I don't know anything outside of football. It's just like, right. what do I really want to wake up in the morning? Because, you know, I watch CJ stuff and, you know, he wakes up in the morning and he's excited. You know what I mean? He's, he's putting out stuff on Instagram and he's excited about doing his little house hacking stuff that he's doing. Um, So, so that's what it's more for about me is like, you know, finding something that's going to, that's going to make me money. That's going to, you know, be able to support me, but also finding something that I want to do, you know, right. So, your passion. Exactly. 
how is your working out? Were you, do, you, do, you, do you work, is working out like a chore for you just because you're doing for no, football, no, no. something you enjoy? Or is no, it no, no, no. I, I, I love working out. You know, I thought, um, you know, maybe have, a own, have on my own gym or, you know, create some type of, uh, some type of fitness brand, you know, start building that. But it's still like, you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to say it's, 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 it's taken a lot for me to, to jump into that space, you know, because I'm still, I still want to be in the NFL. You spent more yeah. time last year fitness-wise than you did football. Absolutely. You think about it, right? Absolutely. So, so it's how am I going to leverage the fitness and monetize that? Mm-hmm. You know, you're still actively playing football. People are going to be drawn to that. So like I was yeah. saying, like, you know, I'm part of CrossFit and CrossFit, I love it. You know, it's maybe joining like fitness circles and figuring out where you can excel and maybe become part of a gym, you know, and become like one of the trainers and get into the management side of it to understand the business of fitness. You know, what city are you living in? I'm in, I'm in Parkland, Florida. So there's a business when it comes to fitness, you know what I'm saying? And it's for you. And if that's something you're good at, something you excel at, then leverage that. And playing football is going to help you. Any fitness club, any fitness owner would love to know that he has a football player coming in there training any person. Like I go to personal training classes in CrossFit. If I knew current NFL player um, is training, teaching this class, you better believe I'm joining that class. Mm-hmm. You know, so let, let me just jump in really quickly. Sean, is that okay? Yeah. I'm sense, and I, I appreciate one, one thing that I've learned in life. There's no try like a failure. Right. And I mean, when you like you, from what I'm hearing and, and the little that I know about football, it's just when everybody, when you, when you focus on one thing, it takes all your energy, but we have fears of other parts of trying to be successful because we've learned how to be successful in one field, because I've been in a space where, you know, coming up in my career, I was successful in mortgages and the mortgage industry fell and I lost everything. Right. So I had to come to a space where I had to recreate myself. Right. And there was a whole mental space I had to get past in being uh, being able to really just try to do something else. Right. And in that time of trying to do something else, it taught me a lot about myself. Right. In that in that time where I lost lost my house, lost my job, lost. I mean, like lost, lost, lost everything just gone, lost my wife. Everything was just gone. Um, it was a, it was a real space for me to like take stock of, of what I was doing wrong, how I was spending, what all these things that they're talking about now, but it's really just trying, just getting out there. Like it doesn't like every business that you're going to try is not going to succeed, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't try. Right. Because in that effort, right. It's just like, I mean, I'm not going to try and go with the football plays, but it's just, it's that effort that you're going to utilize and you're going to learn something from that experience if you look back on what it was. You know, if you start to become more of a student of what you're doing, you understand? So you, once you put in that, that same work ethic that you put into to, to your craft, you put into anything else that, yes, there will be success. Right, but right. it's just getting past that fear of that, right? Because, I mean, that's the biggest thing of every, anybody. And that's why everybody utilizes the sports because we always see you guys as being so fearless because you've accomplished so much. But then every, you all have them, right? And then you have them where it's just like in a space of like, all right, well, damn, I never thought I can get cut. But now I'm getting cut. Now what do I do? Because I spent all this time to be great at this, right? And this is what I know. But it's really just getting back out there and just saying that, you know what, I've created this, I was great at this, so I know I can be great. 
because if I put that same work work ethic in and just try, and then I'm telling you, like you you're not always gonna succeed. We just don't. Everybody's not good at everything, but in that process, you're gonna see something, and as you put yourself out there, you'll see something that's just gonna click for you. And, it's, and once you find that opportunity, because you're putting yourself, you open yourself up to opportunity, you find it, something something will happen. Right. So it's just it's moving past that. So and, and I hear that it's just like because, you know, when, when we had the uncertainty of paying bills. Right. We've all been I know I've been there, but it's just like and then you don't want to make the wrong move because the wrong move can put you into the poorhouse. And then you got you got the discipline talking about you, that one talking about you. And, and it's just all those emotional barriers that you have to go past at times. Sometimes I just got to say, fuck it. Excuse my language. But that's just what you have to say. And that's where, you know, at least for me, from my point of view, right, from where I know because I have I have been successful, I've made a lot of money, and then I lost it all. And then now I'm in a space rebuilding myself in a way where it's just that, like Sean says, I have that different avenues. It's just not one, it's just not one avenue. I did mortgages and I did very well. You know, I did, I was making probably a half a million a year easily, right? And then it was just that's all I knew. And then I had to figure it out, figure something else out. And now I can live a comfortable life and still build and know that like if one of my deals don't close, like we talked about, if I make a bad deal, I lose money. It's not changing my family's life. Right. So it's just really, and, and you guys are young. You understand you guys are young. And so having that, having that space of being young and that ability to fail now is the best time to fail is now and get back on your feet. And you guys know that just being in sports, like my nephew was in football. I try to tell him all the time, but he just never get it because you guys are built different mentally. But once you can make that click into another fashion, into another, into another field, and that's just, that's just the transition period. You, I'm telling you, there's nothing that you won't be able to do. Nothing. There's no business that you can get into that you can't understand. And Russell, can I add something to what you just said? And I agree with everything that is added to us as we go forward. We're all under construction. Me, yeah. Sean, Russell, we're, we're all here, you know, yeah. uh, leaning into spaces that are new to us. Me, for example, I don't know social media all that well, and I'm getting ready to start. And when I start, I'm going to start as someone who posts as a newbie. So I'm yeah. what, only advantage I have is that I'm not doing it because I need to eat. I'm doing it because I want to help people and I want to enjoy the ride. My my life has to be enjoyable. So while I have yeah. the time and space, I want to gain trust with individuals and I want to gain trust with you guys. And this yeah. way we can have genuine, honest feedback, whether it's agreeable or unagreeable. But we want to just share with each other where we're going and how we can best get the right information to get there. And that's all Absolutely. we're all on this journey together. Absolutely. No one is, you know, no one has arrived 100%. You guys are in a unique position because a lot of young kids look up to you. You walk into a school, they know you're in that position, they want to be there, and you're an instant, you know, you're an instant idol to these young men and young women. So right now we're just here sharing and we're trying to just develop conversations that we all can have input in as we go forward. Yeah, right. I just wanted to say this. Um, what Russell and uh, Mr. A50 did was kind of sum up and make you understand like, you may not want to see it in the mind. It can be your best friend. It can be your worst enemy. And right now you need to open up and understand your mind can be your best friend if you allow it to, because you're transitioning. You just don't know. You're just not accepting it. Like football is more exiting and maybe fitness is more what you should be welcoming. 
you instead of waiting for that call, you should be like, okay, while I'm working out, I'm going to get out there, go to different fitness centers while I'm playing football, while I'm on a roster, because doors are going to open up for you in this whole fitness arena that you probably don't even realize the opportunities that are there for you ahead of you. And like Russell said, it may not be your end goal, but it will transition you. And if you're already passionate about fitness, you have the, in my eyes, I'm like, you have the perfect opportunity to leverage that right now. Like when you look at The Rock, The Rock was just a mediocre wrestler. And look what he transitioned into. He was a mediocre football player. You know, he played for University of Miami. He probably had his rude awakening. He realized I'm not going to the NFL and I'm not doing much. And he pivoted into wrestling and he didn't stop. Then he pivoted into doing movies and doing all these other big things where his stardom in movies outweighed his football career. People forget, don't even know that he played football for University of Miami. And he was in the same position, I'm sure, as everyone on this call, you know, and he just knew how to pivot. I want to piggyback off of what Blake said earlier, uh, because, I mean, I do look forward to seeing what you guys are doing, um, like with you guys' business and, and want to learn, especially more about the real estate and the credit as well. But then I want to also talk about what um, he was talking about with the fear thing, because me, like I said earlier, uh, I do own a restaurant now here in Minnesota. And I ain't going to lie at first, because I, I mean, all I heard every single time was like, man, you should not invest into a restaurant. This, then the third is like one of the worst investments, one of the worst. In, but I took that fear. I mean, I'm just a fearless dude. That's my thing. I always feel like anything I do is going to succeed because I know I'm going to put the work in. So that's right. my, and so the thing I'm basically saying is like, surround yourself around people that you trust because if it wasn't if this i'm at my restaurant right now and i wouldn't be here today if i didn't have people around me that i trust i mean we made it through a pandemic that's big we made it through you know what i'm saying we made it through all type of things that probably wouldn't have been possible if i didn't have the people around me that i trust so just whatever you're trying to do post football post anything and it only had to be post football my main thing is trying to teach these players that you don't have to wait until you're done like I was hearing Jamal. I was hearing Jamal. He was saying, one of his mentors was saying, when you're done playing football, come holler. I mean, that's like one of the worst things to say. Because I could Correct. come holler at you right now and get the thing right. done. So Correct. don't wait on anything. Don't let that fear get in your way because the fear, because we're young right now. You know what I'm saying? We're young men trying to make a way. Uh-huh. And and if you want to take risks, this is the time to take risks. You don't want to Correct. wait until you're Correct. 50, right. 60 trying to take risks because then that's when yeah. you're going to lose. Correct. When you're young right now, this is when the time you get the time to learn every single thing you're going through. And like me, like, man, I'm in this restaurant, man. We had some downtimes. Like, man, we shut down for five, six months. And then two months after that. And it was just like stress. It was just the thing. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie as well. The pandemic also helped us because people, I made my restaurant into a destination spot to where it's more than just a restaurant. It's a place where people can come vibe and enjoyed herself so once the pandemic was over everybody's able to go outside they was rushing they couldn't wait to get here so that saved our business to where i'm still able to do this today but so if i question, had that if, sorry go ahead. no my question to you is how do you go deeper the rest one's how do, I, well. how do you go deeper well i mean i also have other bit i mean i have a gym there you go uh, a few other things you know what i'm saying because that's what I'm, i mean i it's all about killing two birds with one stone. If I know I got to work out to make it to NFL, why not make money while I'm doing it? See, you're leveraging. You're leveraging. You're working yeah. multiple angles. And the next step could even be, mm-hmm. you know, even with my logistics business, my step next step is, you know, to buy a commercial building to host my shipping business. You know, exactly. maybe 
buy the built commercial business building to host your restaurant, get rid of that rent. You know, if you are, if you don't own the building already, I don't know. Mm-hmm. No, know. I don't like the building at the time. That's what I'm working towards. Yeah, so the end line could be when my lease is up, I'm buying. You know, even if it's not there, mm-hmm. I'm buying. I'm transitioning up. At the end of the day, we are making other people's buildings look good. We're adding value to their building. You know, and that's the yeah. wealth mindset. So your kids, grandchildren could be like, my grandfather, we own this restaurant and we own the building. Yes. With and no that's mortgage. what this. I mean, that's and that's just the thing. Yeah. I just I mean, but what I mean, what Blake was saying, it was just so crazy because when you're playing at that time, you really don't know how to leverage yourself. You hear it all the time. You hear it all the time. And right. so many people told me, Marcus, I came to your restaurant because you played in the NFL. And you would never even think about it at the time because you, I mean, I'm a humble dude. I'm working out. I'm doing this for me. I'm trying to make sure my family's straight. I'm not worried about other things, but it's so many. I wish I was, if I was still playing today, it's so much more opportunities that I would be doing with other people that. You can't even fault them, Marcus. I remember you telling me when we first spoke, Marcus, like when you were playing football, they just have you focused in on playing football. On working football. Out. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So they're not, you're, they're not conditioning you to think beyond that because you're a product on that field. You need to perform so that the team can make money, so the coaches can look mm-hmm. good, so that you you got to take yourself out of that. And I can't even blame the players because you're in that we're in that world where you're just there to perform. It's for you to have, exactly. to have the courage to say, I got to do other things outside of that, but still may live up to my responsibilities on the field, you know? Yeah, no, and that's why I feel this is so important what we're doing right now because, man, it's giving us the opportunity to actually learn and learn from people who've done it and who are still doing it to and and piggyback off that so that when the, those checks stop coming in, no matter when you quit, you're done playing, you have something to fall back on where you're not just sitting back at home. Like me, I ain't, I'm going to lie, I, I was at home for like a year, like, dang. But then it messed me up trying to get into the real estate game because I was out of work for a year. I couldn't go back and try to, I couldn't get the loans that I wanted for the, to get a house or this and the third because they're looking at my time. Like, okay, you've been out of work for this long. But I'm like, if I was doing this while I was playing, I don't, wouldn't have to worry about that. And I could still be making that money, even if it's not the same check, it's still something I can look forward to other than those NFL checks. Exactly. Well, I hope everybody appreciated the intro. You know, it's no, really the, sure. the foundation to open up the conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I didn't want to go just deep into things without setting a proper foundation and understanding the business of football and understanding just some theoretical things so that we can move forward. And you can start like thinking like this week is supposed to be thinking, thinking about branding, leveraging, like Marcus just said, you know, this is not a course where we're like telling you after you play football, then we want you to do X, Y, Z. No, it's, it starts now. The plan starts now, today. Exactly. So um, does anybody else have any questions? Anybody else want to say anything? Um, just, man, if y'all can reach out to your teammates, man, um, I think y'all understand what we're trying to do now. So, um, people, you know, who want to learn about, uh, financial, you know, literacy, um, you know, invite them to come and join. All right, cool. Now I appreciate you guys. Like I said, All right, uh, um, we're, we're there to learn from each other, you know, Absolutely. like Marcus has said, and CJ, you know, I want to learn as well. So please, um, teach me as well. Okay. You know, appreciate, appreciate it. All right, so we'll talk next week, guys. Seven o'clock, okay? Sorry for going late, but when the conversation's good, it's hard to exit. No problem at all. All right, gentlemen, I appreciate you. And we'll get this thing started next week. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. 
For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. 